0: Invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, as we continue to look at some of the stories Jesus told. And boy, was he a storyteller! He often told parables, and we've been looking at this uh, over the last several weeks, and we'll continue really up through Thanksgiving, as I anticipated And I hope you're enjoying this. I hope uh, that uh, I-, I do. I-, I love some of these stories and the ways that we have the opportunity to look at them. So let me invite you to stand. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, and let me. T- encourage you bring your bibles and you say well pastor i put the uh, uh, you put the, uh, the the scripture on this and, and i feel guilty about that i do um uh, Bring your Bibles and have them with you and look at it and underline things and take notes and and, and, and really uh, kind of delve into it even a bit deeper. In fact, let me remind you, after the service in the Family Life Center, and boy, we have stepped up our game. We've got some really good items there. I had some pumpkin bars from Pam O'Conkie last week. They didn't stay in our house for very long. They were gone just like that, but, but we have stepped up our game in terms of the goodies over there. But after the service, we have a sermon discussion group that's meeting. So if you'd like to go a little bit deeper or talk with your brothers and sisters about the message... Show up and just hang hang around, and uh, Mark Brewster, T.J. Klima are uh, leading that and doing a fabulous job, and make some friends along the way, so let me encourage you there. But let's begin here with the the Word of God, Matthew 25. In fact, let's pray this prayer prayer together, shall we? Lord, this is your Word to me today. May it be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Help me to hide this word in my heart that I might not sin against you. May I pray it in, read it through, live it out, and pass it on. Amen, amen. Beginning with verse one, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, "'Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out.' "'No,' they replied, "'there may not be enough for both us and you. "'Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves.' "'But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. "'The virgins who were ready went with him in with him at, to the wedding banquet, "'and the door was shut.' Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they replied, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. May God add his blessing to that word. You can be seated. My favorite day ever may have been about 30-some years ago when I dressed up like a penguin and stood in the front of a packed little Pennsylvania church at a really difficult heat. Uh, ventilation was terrible. It was in the middle of July. It was as hot and and as, 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 as difficult that way as you can imagine. But suddenly this beautiful vision of a bride came down the aisle to meet me and said in front of God and all those who were present, I do. Amazing. Surprising, perhaps. But one of my favorite days ever. And, of course, we got that ceremony on video, and we did watch it a few times, or I should say we had it on video until someone accidentally taped it over it with the uh, 2002 Ohio National Championship game against Miami. You know, the remember the VCRs? and Yeah, uh, that was a really good day, too, so at least... least uh, I had that going for me but uh, weddings are a big deal they're a a huge celebration expensive in so many ways of course in our culture but the truth is if you really want to know anything about the Middle Eastern culture at Jesus's time our attitude toward weddings could hardly really be compared to that of the first century world In today's society, we we have reason to celebrate all kinds of things regularly. My son Caleb this week turned 26. We went out to Cheesecake Factory on Friday night to, to celebrate. In fact, my parents are coming in town. They'll be here in the next service. We'll probably go out again to celebrate his birthday. Yesterday afternoon, I went to the fall festival at our Illyria campus, You know, they welcomed 132 guests on the campus that day. Yeah, it was tremendous, exciting. Celebrate. But in the first century, besides the religious festivals, a wedding would have been the highlight, the full diversion, the biggest diversion of the year. In a small village where very little ever happened, Everything would be put aside when it came to a wedding. A rabbi would even be permitted to to leave his study of the law until the wedding was over. It was a big deal. You can imagine then, as Jesus begins to tell this story, the crowd leans in when he tells them, let me tell you about a wedding. He had their attention. He says there were 10 virgins, bridesmaids. I think that is a good translation, virgins, because they, they went out to, to, with their lamps to, to meet the bridegroom. He was coming. He was on his way. Now, those listening understood, of course, what Jesus was saying. They, they had a, a way about doing weddings in that day, which are different than ours. They realized that each of the, of the women had an invitation to the wedding. They were supposed to be there. They were virgins, which I think Jesus is pointing out the purity of their character. These were good people. They they all had lamps. That meant that that they had some light in their life. And so these lamps were were to be used to, to light the path of the bridegroom when he came to town. Let the light shine. Now Jesus says that five of these were wise. And five of them were foolish. All ten had oil in their lamps, but the five wise women took some extra. They they brought with them some jars of oil because they didn't know what might happen. They didn't know how long it would take. So they brought an extra supply. But as it turned out, the, the bridegroom is later than anyone expected. You see, today when uh, we have a wedding, we kind of have an idea of when it will take place. Invitations are sent out before the invitations. I, we, we now have the save the date. Then we do the invitation, and the invitation will tell us, well, it'll be half past four on such and such a Saturday. And I just want you to know, and this is maybe a bit of an aside, but you need to check the Ohio State football schedule in the fall before you schedule your weddings, okay? Just just kind of a, a word there. But you, you would be aware of the wedding date and the time of the wedding. And you know maybe you've been to a wedding and it started five minutes late. Or maybe you've been to a wedding and it started 15 minutes late, something happened, nerves, whatever. And, and in fact, uh, may, maybe, maybe you got a little nervous. 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, everybody gets a little nervous in the group. I've been there. there. I, I do remember one wedding And this was years ago I performed when the father of the bride didn't show up and we just were waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, finally, he shows up, but during the the period of waiting, the ring bearer wet his pants, the poor guy. And so when dad finally shows up, he's ready to go. We're ready to get started, but Aunt June there is blowing drying Joey's little pants trying to get, get ready for the rest of the ceremony. You know, things can go wrong at weddings. I don't know if you've ever been at a wedding where something didn't quite go right. But in the the more leisurely time of Jesus' day, only the groom knew when for sure he would arrive. He had to have the house ready. He had to to make sure that when he welcomed his bride that, that the home that he had prepared was ready to go So it wasn't a particular hour or even a particular day when the wedding would occur. In fact, one could possibly wait a week or two weeks for the bridegroom. However, when he decided to come, he was obligated to send a messenger running ahead, shouting to everyone in the village, the bridegroom is coming, the bridegroom is coming. Now, I don't know how long these 10 virgins were waiting But we do know that it was long enough for them to fall asleep. And when they finally heard that cry, with that announcement the virgins are awake, they're attempting to get themselves ready for the celebration to come, their job is to light the way, light the path for the bridegroom and to alert everyone in the village that he's he's about to arrive, he's coming, he's following us. But the five foolish ones realize They're gonna be short of oil. Their lamps are are beginning to burn dim. Some of them may have already gone out. And so they appeal to their five friends, the other five who have some oil. Can, Can we have some of yours? No, there isn't enough oil for both of us. Go to the shop, they say, and buy some for yourself. and you can picture these women frantically running through the streets, which are by now dark, hoping to get someone to help them with oil. And in the meantime, the bridegroom comes along. The wedding party moves on, and so when these five foolish virgins get back, they find that the wedding has already begun. The celebration is in full view. It, it's great on the outside. They're listening in, but the door is shut to them. Now, I want you to remember, they were invited. They were supposed to be at the wedding. They had intended to light the way for the bridegroom. It's just that their lights went out. Their lights had gone out. And then we hear these bridegroom, the bridegroom's haunting words, "I don't know you." And the door remains closed. This isn't a happy story. It's difficult if we think about the ramifications. Jesus sums it up with a moral, Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. And we can maybe insert there for my return. That's how we take this. That's how we view this parable. And thus, I think Jesus makes the lesson perfectly clear. We need to be ready for his return whenever it comes. We don't know when that day may be, but we need to be ready. Our light needs to be on, lighting the way for his return, and the secret of being ready is having an adequate supply of oil. Oil allows for fire. Make sure you have enough of the Spirit of God in your life that keeps the fire burning as long as it takes. Now, there are a couple of ways, of course, that we can think about Jesus' return. The first is that great climatic day at the end of history when we hear the trumpet sound and the sky parts and he declares that time is over and there will be an end to terrorism and murder and poverty and loneliness and cancer. That day will be over and a new day will begin. But of course, there's another way that Jesus may come too, isn't there? When I die, when you die, there will be a meeting with the bridegroom, and most of us have no idea when that will be. Oh, you say, well, you know, man, my age could expect to live maybe 30 more years or 40 more years, but... The truth is an accident tomorrow or a medical diagnosis a month from now can change that picture completely. Truth is our bodies don't last forever. We hear all the time about a young person who may have been a football star or a basketball star, seemingly in great shape, took care of themselves, falling over, taking their last breath. The point I want to quickly make is we never know when the bridegroom will come for us but I'd like to take this a bit further you know there are other moments when the crisis happens and we feel like we are dying where the darkness is closing in and we wonder if we can go on we wonder if we can even take another breath a son dies of heroin addiction your wife says she's leaving you. The doctor says it's cancer and you need chemotherapy immediately. That moment when life caves in and life is shaken and our person is shattered. We're on the very precipice of death, the edge of fear. I think it's interesting that Psalm 23, we we hear the, the, the psalmist declare that we can get through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil for you are with me, the valley of the shadow of the darkness of death. Our lives, in fact, are filled with hundreds of these kind of valleys. The truth is we face them. Some are small, some are large, some last hours, some can last weeks, months, perhaps even years. In fact, I suspect that if we shared our stories, there's not a person in this room that doesn't know about that darkness of that kind of valley in one way or another. And we know two things. Those valleys will come. It's a part of life. It's a part of this journey. Some of you are in one right now. Secondly, I know in those dark valleys we need desperately to have some light when that moment comes we need a lamp to see us through now there's there's a person in this story that Jesus doesn't mention but I'd like you to think about him I'd like to introduce you to him he's the one who sold these virgins the oil he was a merchant who ran a small business somewhere in the village, and these foolish virgins are waking him in the middle of the night trying to buy oil for the lamps that are about to go out. But I wonder, if you take a step back prior to that, what was it like for him and them initially when they went into his shop and they asked him for some oil? He might have asked them, "How much oil do you need? How much oil do you want?" And they tell him, "Oh, just give us enough to, to 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 get by. We 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 want this oil for our lamp. We're going to a party." And and I almost imagine this merchant pausing a little bit. Now, "Now why are you buying this oil?" And he realizes it's not just for any party. It's not just for any old thing. It's a wedding," they answer. We're part of a wedding. We're part of the party. And I wonder if he didn't say, you know, in that case, you never never know how these things are going to go. Maybe you should buy some extra. Maybe you should buy some more. You never know how late the bridegroom might be. It never hurts to have some more oil. And, and they might have thought that, well, here he is, the merchant. He's, he's trying to make a profit of us. He's, 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 he's trying to, to, to make a, uh, an extra uh, uh, coin or a little bit more here himself, and that's his business. Of course he's going to tell us to buy more. Or maybe they thought, well, he's just a worrywart. We know how these things work. A person who always thinks that the worst is about to happen, but, but we'll surely have enough oil. And so they thought to themselves, we can always come back for more if we need it. And I wonder if the merchant didn't shake his head because he's, he's seen this happen and play out before as they leave. You see, I, I want to just pause here and say this. I think I understand a little bit about what that merchant must have been thinking because I'm a pastor it is my profession. It is my calling to persuade people to purchase a little more oil. Get enough oil for light in your life. To, to, to walk in the Spirit of God, to know Him, to, 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 to seek His face, to be filled up with Him to overflowing. Regularly I, I say, boy, you know it, it, it might be a good thing to, to, to join a, a Bible study group or I, I, I say you know maybe maybe a, a growth group is, is for you. It, it'll encourage you in your faith and your walk or, or, or make sure that you have that, that quiet time with God in the morning just as you go to bed where you're just in his word and it's just you and the lord and all the while that that you're giving him an opportunity to to fill you up above all things know christ personally be his friend and make sure he's yours and we need that light it's a good idea the light that jesus christ offers us and only he can give us so that, yes, we can light the way for his return so that others know that we're his and we belong to him. And There's fruitfulness and abundance in that. But it is especially important for those moments in our life of crisis that we inevitably will encounter, that valley of the shadow of death where we so need to have enough oil to find our way, to keep going, I wonder how that merchant felt when the girl's came pounding on his door at midnight, desperate to buy more oil. I I wonder, did he get upset? Did, did, Did he tell him what was on his mind? Listen, I told you. Did he grumble and, and, and complain? I warned you, silly, foolish girls. I told you to buy more. I knew this could happen. And a person often needs more than they think. You can never have too much oil. You can never have too much oil. And so I want to ask each of us this morning to take a look. How's your oil reserve? you know, it's a good idea to keep buying oil. And and the reality is, it's one of those things that we just need to keep making a deposit over and over again, year after year, day after day, month after month, even when it seems maybe a little excessive. But when the time of crisis comes, it's helpful to know that there's enough to see me through, that, that there's there's enough to get me through the darkness. Now listen to me. I'm not saying... Well, you come to church and you go to Sunday school class, or you join that small group, or you read your Bible every day. I'm not saying that by doing that, you're going to gain brownie points with God. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is when you keep buying oil, when you keep purchasing a reserve week after week, You become faithful year after year. You faithfully keep coming to church. You hang in there with that Bible study group. You you, you learn to, to, to find ways to grow in your faith. You are more than likely going to have enough on hand when it gets dark. So make sure you have enough oil. Pastor, come quick. I'm in the hospital, and I need to talk to you. Pastor, our marriage is falling apart. We need you to counsel us. And, you know, because God has given me a shepherd's heart, I I do my best. I try to be there. I I try to show up. I want to help. When a loved one has died, I will preach the funeral. But, you know, I know this. Some are like foolish virgins. In the hospital, they want a crash course on the healing God. They want a crash course on prayer. They want to know it's going to be all right. Their marriage is falling apart. It's been happening for years. You haven't seen them in church for months. And they want answers to fix their partner's selfishness or addictions. And they want me to assure them that their loved one is in heaven... When I don't know if they ever made a decision for Christ. And you know, it's my heart. I'm going to do my best. But, friends, sometimes it's dark and sometimes it is very dark. And I believe that God's grace is a wondrous thing. We're invited to the wedding. But the courage to face life and the future, that's a matter to be worked through over the long haul through the constant purchase of oil. It's been a few years ago now, but I remember a woman named Debbie in our church. She had attended our church for a few years, and then she was diagnosed with an intestinal cancer. A family member had invited her to our church and she dove right in and she got to know us and was a new Christian, but she grew rapidly and she attended various functions, women group and, and uh, Sunday morning was faithful. But after she came to Christ, she did experience this, this cancer. And of course, there were doctor's appointments and chemotherapy and the realization that her body was going to give way. But boy, did she shine, at least for me. On the night before she died, I went over to the hospice where she was staying. She was actually sitting up at the time, and her response was, Oh, Pastor, thank you. But you don't need to be here, you should be visiting someone else. I hate to take you away from your family. That's what she was thinking about. She said, I'm not afraid. Jesus is here now here was this woman she was in obvious pain it was a difficult moment but she asked me how's your mom my mom had just fallen and broken both of her ankles at the time <laughs> and she knew that I don't know if she'd been listening in to our services or exactly what but she knew and here she was about to die and here she he was concerned about my mom why because she had a lot of oil a lot so what about you oh Jeff things are fine going along really really well I'm good but are you ready when the bridegroom comes I want you to notice this and to tell you the truth, this is the part of the parable that probably disturbed me the most as I, as I look at it. When the foolish virgins realize that their lamps are going out, notice what they did first. They, they asked their friends for some of their oil. That makes sense. Yeah. They realize the oil is going out but their friends have extra I'll ask them and yet take careful note of what their friends say. They say they can't give oil to them because they might not have enough for themselves. They tell them to go out and buy some more. And and does that strike anyone as a little bit selfish? Even unchristian? I mean, are you kidding me? But then I, I realized that These are wise virgins and maybe they're not as harsh as we might originally think. They're simply underlining a very important fact of life and faith and that's no one can make it on another person's oil. No one can make it on another person's oil. We have to go to the marketplace and buy it for ourselves. Son and daughter, you can't make it on your parents' oil. You've got to find it yourself. And how much do you want today? I've often wished when I'm with somebody who is struggling that I could give them my faith. Take it, use it. I'll let you have it, but I can't, not really. I can encourage, and I can lift up, and I can even point the way and and encourage them to buy some more, but I can't buy it for them. We can't even give it to them. We can't make it on our parents' supply of oil or our spouses or our pastors or our friends. No, we have to make the decision to purchase it ourselves. And so this story, it's tragic, and we don't like it because these women don't get to the party. And when it ends, these five foolish virgins are outside looking in, and they're listening. And inside, a celebration is going on. There's laughter and food and dancing and music. It's a fun, wonderful place to be. But these foolish virgins are on the outside in the dark knocking on the door. And friends, remember this. Jesus didn't say, hey, these ladies were bad. There was no way they were ever going to come to my party. They weren't unwelcome. They had an invitation. They were invited to come. They were supposed to be there. But they were foolish. They weren't supposed to miss the party. They just didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they had right in front of them. And so I remind you today, you've been invited. Jesus Christ wants to know you. (laughs) He wants you to know him. He came to this earth very clearly so that we could receive him and accept his forgiveness and be a part of the party someday. You've been invited. Are you going to purchase some oil? Jesus tells this story because he wanted to convince us to be wise. He told these foolish virgins, I don't know you. But I want you to know he knows us in this room. He wants us to be wise. And I think he's asking us today... Do you have enough oil? Maybe you should buy some more. Maybe your light is growing dim, and you know it. You you see it in your heart. You see it in your reactions. You see how distracted you are in your life. But today there's an invitation. I need to get serious in my faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to know him, and I want him to know me. I don't want to miss the party. Don't be foolish. Are you willing to buy some more oil today? I tell you what, it's a buyer's market. It is. Go you to know, the gas station, man, it's always going up, but but he offers it freely if you just receive it. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we close this message and service, I pray, Lord, that we would be wise today and we would receive. All that you have for us, that we might be at the party. If there's someone here today that doesn't know you, I pray that they would accept this invitation to receive Christ. But Lord, there may be some of us who see our light growing dim. Lord, would you fill us up? Would we seek you? Would we seek you out and knock on that door because the wedding is still open? The door is not closed. And we have today to be reminded. That there's enough oil. There's plenty of oil. I pray this in your holy name. Amen.